Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Thriving Part 8, Gentleness, recorded Sunday, July 25th, 2021. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. So we're in this series we're calling Thriving. We're learning what it's like to live under control of God. And it's a daunting thought that we would give God control of our life, let his Holy Spirit have his way with us. The purpose is because we are God's garden of hope, and he wants to bear fruit through our lives. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, we've been reading this together for several weeks. So if you would join me as we read these words now, here's what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Gentleness, that's the word of the day. You know what? Everyone needs friends. Would you agree? You need friends, even if you say you don't. You need friends. Years ago, Dale Carnegie wrote a book. It was the number two best-selling book of the 20th century below the Bible. And it was entitled... How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it sold a lot of books because we need friends. Everyone likes to be liked. Everybody wants people around us, people who will bring us joy, people who will pour into us and invest in us, people who will be patient and kind and good and faithful and gentle with us. We need that. Gentle. What is gentleness? This is a word that in the New Testament probably means a little bit less, something different than what you think gentleness means. The, The New Testament word means this, strength under control. That's gentleness in the New Testament. Strength under control. Like so Paul, when he used this word, people would think about a wild stallion being tamed by its controller, by its master. That's the word. The fruit of the Spirit, gentle, is to mean I have strength under the control of God. That's what it means. Now, that doesn't mean I'm a pushover. Interestingly, the only two people in the Scripture that are described as gentle are Moses and Jesus. Neither one pushovers. Both very strong people, powerful people. Philippians chapter 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Another approach to gentleness. A person who controls their reactions to people. Because if you're gentle, it means that you are working with God to choose your response to people, your problems. You're not reacting, you're responding. And that's the difference. We're going to talk about that all day. Gentleness is an increasingly present outcome in the person's life that's being controlled by the power of God's Spirit. And what does it look like in opposition to being coarse and antagonistic? and abrasive, and mean, and unkind, and aggressive. 
A gentle person is a person with strength, with power under control. So let's go a little further. Four, four descriptions of gentleness. First of all, if we're under the power of the Holy Spirit with gentleness, we are understanding, not demanding. We're understanding. I mean, how are you with people? Just think about the last few days, the last month or so. How are you with the people who you encounter during the course of your day? With the people that service your cars and who bring you food at your favorite restaurant or through the fast food line? How are you with the person who gets the order wrong? How are you with the person who, who, who disappoints you with the time frames that you expect from them? I, I read this this week about difficult people. And I, I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying. This is what somebody wrote. You might be difficult if... When you screw in a light bulb, you wait for the world to revolve around you. You didn't think that was very funny, did you? It might be too personal, I don't know. You might be a difficult person if your wife calls you sir. You might be a difficult person if your imaginary friend always makes you mad. You may be a difficult person if the hell's angels reject your membership application because they think you'll be a bad influence on people. <laughs> now, now, you're probably not surprised to hear this because you're in church, right? But we need to be different in our approach to people. We need to bring a different kind of approach. Jesus said, who is our model in all things, by the way, he's the one who shows us strength under control. This is what Paul said about him. Paul said in Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others before yourselves. In other words, don't just look out for your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's a reminder of what we need to be like and how we need to get off ourselves in the first spot because God is remaking us to be different, to respond differently. Because remember, everyone around you is having their day too. I mean, I think sometimes we're so self-centered that we think, well, I'm having a day. But so are they, you know. Just like you have good days, you have bad days, you know that people do too. I mean, how do you know? How do you know that that, that cranky server just went through a real bear of a time getting their kids to, to school and they're just frustrated and you just happen to be the first one they serve that day. How do you know? How do you know that the person that gives you fits in that other department, and it seems like that's always the way it is, how do you know that they weren't up again half the night with an alcoholic spouse? How do you know? How do you know that the person who keeps telling you the check's in the mail, they're being told by somebody above them to tell you the check's in the mail? How do you know? And I know, I know that your business depends on the check being in the mail. I get it. I understand that you getting the job done right depends on other people doing their job right too. I know that. I know that you getting food on time will affect whether or not you might make your next appointment on time. I get that. But how you handle that, the spirit by which you handle that is what's at issue here with gentleness, with strength under control. Gentleness is understanding, not just being demanding. 
It's also accepting, not rejecting. Accepting. Think about this. When Jesus accepted you, and you accepted him, you became a part of him. You became a part of his family. You became a part of his body, the scripture says. In other places it says, you're like a branch grafted into his tree. And you're to bear fruit from him. And so you are a part of this family. And the body parts get along. And the, and, you know, and the tree has to cooperate from, from the substance all the way through the fruit. And we do it together. And so Romans 15, 7 tells us, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. That's what he's putting us into, this, this acceptance mode with each other. God expects a lot from us because he puts up with a lot from us. He puts up with our failures. He puts up with your weaknesses. And when you fail him again, he's going to come back and say, I still accept you. I still forgive you. I still love you. And he wants that from us. It's how we do him with each other. And often it's just, this is just what I think, and maybe you have a different view on this. I think oftentimes that's just me stopping in judgment. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I need to stop short of judgment and judge myself again. What I mean is, I have found this to be true in my life, at least, and maybe observing some of your lives. When I'm being judgmental, it's often because I have some unresolved issue in my life. Maybe, maybe it's some sin that I haven't dealt with and God's pushing on me on that. Maybe it's some false pride that he's trying to, trying to flesh out. Because the more I, I recognize God's grace for me, the more it should make me accepting of you. That's the way God works. Be understanding. Be gracious. Now, here's another thing gentleness is. It is tenderness. Be tender without surrender. Because sometimes, and you know this, sometimes people with nefarious motives will push your buttons. Notice that? They will take advantage of you. Does that happen to you? You'll have a disagreement with the person, and their strong will, they always want to win. And the last thing on your mind is, hmm, how can I be tender with this person? It's more like, hey, how can I kill this person? You know, I mean, we, am I right? I mean, there are there people. Don't point at anybody. Don't use an elbow at this point. No, don't do that. Let's be real. You will never get along with everyone. You're just not going to. You will always need to deal with people who like to argue, who like to quarrel. And you might be that person. I mean, maybe you know someone. Maybe you're one of them. You likely have people in your life who will contradict everything you say. So what do you do with that? How do you handle that? I think one of the true tests of spiritual maturity is how I handle people who I disagree with. And it's a work in progress. There are just some personalities who have that win-at-all-cost mentality, and they aren't going to lose. 
And you have terms for them. They're stubborn, dogmatic, unyielding, bully, maybe worse terms. I'm not going to use in the sermon. Some people seem to have a need to devastate everyone who disagrees with them. And so you can challenge them. You can, you know, you can offer comparison. You can complain. You can criticize. You can respond with anger like they do. You can even use vengeance if you want to. Those are all before you. You can do those things. Like, like I think about this, what are my alternatives with someone who's difficult? Well, first of all, I can just retreat. I think you know what that means. You can just turn tail and run, as we like to say. You can, you can, you can from an argumentative person, you can just say, I don't want anything to do with that, and I'm out of here. Now, you can do that, but there's a couple ramifications to that, that peace at any price viewpoint. It's going to cost. Peace at any price costs. It costs because you didn't stand up. It costs because they continue to bully. So that's not a good, that's really not a good result. Here's the second thing you can do with a difficult person. You can react to them. You can just counterattack. You can use anger. That's a reaction. You can take the offensive. You can take the defensive. And and that's usually a telltale sign that you feel insecure. And so anger, for instance, is a warning light that tells you that you're about to lose something. And usually it's your self-esteem. Usually it's your pride. I've experienced this myself, and I've seen it in countless circumstances that I deal with. You perceive you are losing the advantage, so you just react. For some of you, it might be sarcasm, or it may be anger, or it may be counter threats, or it may be you become the history professor, you know what I mean? Like you bring up things in the past, like they, you know, you never talk about them until you want to make a point. You can retreat, you can react. There's a third alternative. You can respond. You can respond with gentleness. This is the approach that I think God wants to develop in us. And it requires a fine balance between maintaining my right to an opinion and giving you yours. And sometimes that's messy, as we know. It requires being tender without surrendering our self-esteem, and our convictions. You know, Paul talks about this in Romans 14.1. This is a message translation. He says, welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. Don't jump all over them with every time they do or say something you don't agree with, even when it seems that they're strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Proverbs 15.1 says it this way, a gentle answer turns away wrath. A harsh one stirs up anger. I'm sure that you found this to be true as I have. When someone asks me a question, if I respond with arrogance, they're going to challenge me. If I respond quietly yet truthfully, there's a chance for the dialogue to continue, or at least for for me to not get bowled over by their arrogance. It's just the way it is. James talks about these things, about quarrels and arguments, and these are things he learned from his brother Jesus. He, he says they're selfish attitudes when we allow, if, when, we, when we dismiss conversation for the sake of winning. 
He says this in James 3.16, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. You, you know people who are extremely intelligent and yet insufferable. And they know it all, and they have to win at all costs, and they win a lot of arguments, but they lose their relationships. And when they're trying to impress everyone, the most impressive people, you know this, are the ones who know how to disagree agreeably. They're the ones who you will relate to over the long course of life. And Paul is just saying that gentleness is a qualification. It's a qualification for the Christian. He even goes further in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 24. He's talking about church leaders. He says, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. I mean, it's just, a, it's just about who we're supposed to be, whether you're a church leader or a, a body member. It doesn't matter. It's how we're supposed to be. Here's a fourth thing that gentleness is. It is, un, it is not unreachable, it is teachable. Teachable. James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, note this. And he learned all these from his brother Jesus growing up, I'm sure about this. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I mean, if you are quick to listen and slow to react, you're going to be slow to lose your temper. You're going to be slow to be sarcastic. You're going to be slow to, to, to retreat. And you're going to have a chance to hear and respond. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Those who are gentle, those who are meek, that's another word. They are teachable. Wisest people you know in life have a teach me attitude. Jesus himself had this attitude. And you know what? You can learn from anyone. And you will inherit the earth. If you're meek, that's what the scripture says. So Jesus says, and that's what he showed us. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit, they'll inherit the earth. Gentle, meek. You know, years after Jesus' death, one of his key followers, Peter, recalled how Jesus responded when he was on trial before the Roman governor, uh, Pilate. And he just, it, it just all sunk in for him as he thought about this over the years. Here's what he said. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself, this is an interesting phrase, to the one who judges justly. That's what it means to yield to God. It means, God, I'm not the judge. I believe you know everything. I'm not going to take over in this situation. I'm not going to use anger. I'm not going to use counter accusations. I'm not going to repeat. I'm not going to pull out the big guns and protect myself. Because all of those are tactics of the flesh. 
With every one of those reactions, I'm letting something or someone other than God control the emotions. One of the things you'll see about Jesus as he goes through his last few hours on earth as the Son of Man, you'll see him take complete control with silence and with basic truth statements. It's an amazing thing. You can let others control you or you can give control over to God and let the judge who judges correctly take control. Learn to be responsive, not reactive. For instance, when you forgive, you are choosing to respond with strength under control. Proverbs 16.32 says, Better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who wins the city. I mean, a person who controls their moods is a person to behold. I mean, when you take on gentleness, you're going to be more relaxed. You're going to be more confident. And you're definitely going to be more like your father and like the Jesus who he brought here to show us how to live our lives. One of the reasons that people experience emotional burnout is that we become unteachable. We get to this point where we think we know everything and nobody has anything to teach us and we become demanding and we become judgmental and we always have to prove our point and we won't learn from others and we react to situations and then there we are. We're looking around and that dust we see, that's people running away from us. But God wants us to be healthy and happy. And that's why he has told us that one of the fruits of the Spirit that brings joy is gentleness. And let's strive to live out that fruit in our lives. You might not want to hear this, but you should. God wants to break you. He wants to break you because you're kind of a wild stallion of a person. I mean, to be honest. I mean, he likes the power of your thinking. He likes the strength of your convictions. He likes it that you have courage and standards. But he wants to harness that so you can become all he needs you to be. And so, Lord, as we commune today, as we think about Jesus at this moment of worship, we are remembering a Jesus who willingly put himself in the role of a servant to save us, who allowed you to harness all that strength and power that he could have easily invoked at the, foot, at the, at the seat of Pilate to destroy him and everyone around him. And yet he didn't do that because he had a purpose. He had a purpose to honor you, and he was willing to submit himself to that purpose. And Lord, we want to be more like him, and it's an everyday battle for us to do that. Help us, Lord, to see it clearly so we can represent you in this world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've never, never tamed a wild horse, a couple dogs, Tried a cat once, didn't work. But I've witnessed it. I, when I was a kid, my cousin's grandpa, he had a bunch of horses. I go out there on the farm in the summer, this time of the year. And uh, 
I remember this one summer, he was, he was training a horse. And I remember things about it, like it took time. I remember it wasn't just two hours, you know, it was like a day in, day out thing for several days. I, I remember that at first the animal was completely wild, but with some patience, uh, with some encouragement, with some discipline, and with a whole lot of love and concern, he trained him. He was able to bring that animal under control. And I would say this about the trainer. He had the same characteristics. I mean, anybody who's tamed any wild thing knows that the relationship has to be built on trust and on love. And I would suggest that there might be some of you who are hearing this message and you're saying, man, I am out of control. I'm a wild beast of a person. And by the way, our culture makes that sound cool, right? No one can tame me, born to be wild, you know. Well, good luck with that. Maybe you've never understood this till today. I don't know. Maybe you've never heard that God doesn't want to extinguish the fire that burns in you. He wants it to be used for a better purpose. He wants to take you and mold that into something great. He wants to remold you and make you into this kind of fire-breathing stallion, one that has all the power of the master behind it to really do great things in this world. That's who Jesus is. That's who God wants you to be. But you've got to cooperate. You've got to let him do it. Let us help you with that. That's why we're here. We invite you into this world. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10.15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.